How can we as moms and moms-to-be who are more overwhelmed and worried than ever about our kids find natural, safe, effective, and real-life ways to nurture and cultivate amazing human beings? That is the question, and here are the answers. This is the Parent Coffee Talk, and I'm Dr. Roseanne. I'm Dr. Cleopatra. Let's get started. everybody. It's Dr. Cleopatra here. As always, I am with the amazing Dr. Rowe, and we have a very, very special guest today. We have Jen Gottlieb of Super Connector Media. Dr. Rowe, can you please do justice to this woman's introduction for us? Well, I'm not going to do justice to this timeless lady and dear <laughs> friend, and I'm so excited that she's here because she is an expert in many things, but She really is a motivational and mindset expert. And I just think this is something that women need more of their life. And hopefully we're going to dive deep into that. But she's the co-founder and chief mindset officer of Super Connector Media, which, you know, everybody knows is the PR agency. And she has a plethora of experience in health and wellness, coaching. She was a big health and wellness expert in that space. And she spent 14 seasons... I can't even believe that, Jen. Co-hosting VH1, she's been on a national Broadway tour, and she's also led Super Connector Media holds this super fun and hard to describe and powerful and lots of networking event called Unfair Advantage Live. And it's the world's premier publicity event, and it connects entrepreneurs to the media so that they can really amplify their message, which is what, you know, I've been doing. She works with entrepreneurs about, you know, helping them with their mindset. It's one of the big things that's part of the Super Connector Media. That's her role. She really helped people, six, seven, eight-figure people enhance their business, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, she lives in New York City with her life and business partner and former guest on the Parent Coffee Talk, Chris Winfield, and their three dogs. And welcome. That was a beautiful intro, Dr. Rowan. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Tell everyone, they should, everyone should have one of their best friends or good friends read their bio because <laughs> it is such a beautiful reminder, especially coming from someone that really knows you well, you know, and the, like the little intricacies that you put in, Dr. O, to like make me feel special. I think that that's a cool practice that we should all do for each other. Yeah. Makes you feel better. I left something out. The One of my favorite things about Jen is she is like a hell yes. So when you make a declaration, so I made a declaration, I'm changing the way we view and treat children's mental health. And I'm like, I'm going to be on this media outlet and I'm going to be like this. Jen Gottlieb is like, it's already happened, Roseanne. It's happening. Hell yes. And we all need more hell yes women in our life. How about that? Goosebumps everywhere. Honestly, it is what you say it is. And we need to remember that. The words that come out of our mouth are the most important things in the entire world. Because if you say something is hard and it sucks, then you make it so. And it is hard and it is sucks and it does suck and it is suck. But if you say something, it's hell yes, that's going to happen. Of course, it's already happened. That's the coolest thing in the world. This is easy and effortless and fun. 
then so it is easy and effortless and fun. We decide with our words what we're going to believe. That's where it starts is what you say. So that's why I'm a hell yes person. And so many women in particular, but people in general, and women were nurturers and healers and caregivers, and we don't always put ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we get a lot of negative thinking and looping thoughts. And so with your power of hell yes, this is when change happens. Sometimes it's hard to say hell yes. Let's let's go back a second because especially... Right now, it's hard to say hell yes. You may be listening to this and be like, sure, Jen, it's easy for you to say hell yes, but like, this is what's going on in my life and I can't say hell yes. And sometimes, yeah, it's hard. And like, I I have a hard time sometimes. Like, we're humans and we have feelings just like you guys know. Emotions, shit happens in life. And like, it's really important. And Dr. Rowe, you'll probably say this, like, scream it louder than anybody else. You got to feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. Then they turn into something much, much, much worse, right? And so you got to experience that. you got to feel that. But the power comes in from, from feeling the feelings and understanding that like, okay, I didn't die. I felt the feelings and I was okay. And then coming out the other side and making the choice, it's an active choice to have the mindset of hell yes. So it's not like pushing away the feelings and saying that doesn't exist. I'm fine. Yay. You know, like positive mindset and like not really believing it. It's like, all right, this sucks. I'm going to feel the suck for a little bit. I'm going to feel it. And I'm going to be in it. And then I'm going to get through it. And then I'm going to be like, good job, Jen. You got through it. Now make the choice and say, okay, I'm going to make a choice to... I don't have the control over what's going on around me. But I do have control over how I talk about it, how I think about it, how I react to it, and the actions that I take. So that's just what I try to do every day. Like I'm not perfect, but I try to make that choice every day after feeling feelings if I need to. I love that, Jen. Tell us about how... You stay as as a mindset person who's teaching this. How do you stay connected to making that choice every day? Because when we are making a shift in our lives, and especially when it's early on and making a shift in the way that we think about things and the way we engage with our feelings, it's really effort first. It might become more habitual later, but how do you stay connected? I love that question. That's really important because I, Chris and I, we say this thing all the time. I work really hard to make my life easy because it's not easy all the time to have a good mindset. You have to wake up every day, just like going to the gym. You have to work it out every day and it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable every day. I don't necessarily want to do the stuff that makes me feel good. Actually, you know, sometimes like, I don't want to journal today. I don't want to, I don't want to meditate. I've got too much to do. Or like, I don't feel like doing the things that I know that work. It's funny. Like for me, or I don't know, do you guys ever experience this? Like sometimes you'll do something that works and like you're doing it and it works. And then for some reason you stop doing it. Of course. Why? Why do we do that? Where I'm like, Oh my God, I, how could I have gone a week or two weeks without meditating, I cannot go a day without this. And then I go without it again. Right. It's so true. I think you, you said something so important that I really want to highlight for our mamas and mamas to be, which is we don't always choose the thing that makes us feel good. And that's kind of a shocking realization. But if you think about it, we all do that. Can you talk a little bit about the mindset that's behind not choosing the thing that makes us feel good in the moment 
and the mindset behind the choosing the thing that makes us feel good. It kind of ties into your last question because like working really hard to make yourself. So you got to get up and you got to make the active choice to do the tools that you've learned or study those tools to make you have a better mindset each day. You don't just fix it. And then you've got an amazing mindset for the rest of your life. I wish it were that way. But every single day I have to get up and I have to make sure that I do these things, that I move my body, that I meditate, and that I do a gratitude list. And if I do anything extra, that's extra. But those three things are non-negotiable. But sometimes, for some weird reason, there might be science behind this, Dr. Roseanne. You may need to like fill me in on the science. But it's a lot more comfortable sometimes to be sad and in fear than it is to be happy. Because I feel like, and so sometimes we actually subconsciously, or I know I do this, like I'll purposely, weirdly in my subconscious mind, like not do the thing that makes me feel good or not do the thing that'll make me move forward to kind of keep me stuck. But I think that that comes from fear, fear of trying and it not working out. If you don't put yourself out there, if you don't try to have a great mindset and try to manifest your dreams, then you can't fail. So if we stay in a bad place, if we stay in that negative space, if we don't do the things that work, then we're safe, right? And our brain wants to keep us safe. So I think that's why a lot of people make the choice to stay stuck and they don't have to risk failing if they try. They don't have to risk failing and they also don't have to risk succeeding, which sometimes can be even more scary for people. It is true that we tend to choose the things that are familiar and comfortable, even when they're a lot less ideal than the new thing that's in front of us. That is so incredible. Thank you for sharing that. And you're right. It's, it's no different than our physical muscles. We have to work those mindset muscles every single day or they, they're not as strong. And that's the bottom line. I love yeah. that. And that, you know, it's true. You know, why do people make these choices? So we know that 70% of all decisions are fear-based and that people make decisions to avoid things. So the notion, people think, of course I want success. Well, success or positive change comes with a whole new set of behaviors. And that could be at a subconscious level, something we're afraid of. So when we work on what we can control in that moment, we take those small steps, the bigger leaps are a lot easier. And I think, you know, you had said, no matter what your circumstances and who hasn't, who's listening or watching, been in a circumstance that they knew sucked, mm-hmm. but they had to get through it, right? For whatever reason. And sometimes of us, it's much more serious than that, right? You know, like we were in a job and it was really awful, but we needed it because blah, 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 or whatever. And, you know, we could control what we were doing in that moment and how we felt about it so that that situation didn't envelop us. But, you know, a lot of people make decisions because we inherit sort of familial behavioral patterns. And so, you know, how we parent, how we make decisions about what we eat and sort of what we decide to pass down as cultural values and to our family, you know, our children or carry within ourselves, they're all based on these things that we sort of carry with us. We don't have to live them though. And that's the thing I think that is scary for people, right? But yet exciting because I think in this time of our century, there's so many things going on, you know, with Corona and COVID, but people are realizing that they can be in control of their health. 
they can be in control of their mindset. And it all starts with that moment. And I think that was one of the most significant things that you said, Jen, because we all think about this big, big thing, but it starts with those little, little, little things. And that's where the power comes from. Amen, sister. I love it. And I, you touched on this a little bit, Dr. Roseanne, but because I'm such an epigenetics nerd and that's all of what we teach in the fertility and pregnancy space and at the Fertility and Pregnancy Institute, I also need to just say that we pass down those patterns through our epigenome as well, which our children inherit, not just the genes that we have, but the way our genes express themselves and the quality of our genes. And that includes passing down fears. There is a study that showed that if you introduce a cherry blossom scent to in an animal model, and then you shock the animal, the pups and grand pups of those animals have the same fear response to the cherry blossom scent, even without ever, ever having experienced the shock. That's how powerful, and obviously that's an animal model, but we're animals too. That's how powerful the intergenerational transmission of our fears and our family legacies. I just want to point that out as well. Thank you. And so the flip side, even though we know trauma can be intergenerational and at a cellular level, you know, the flip side is when you carry this positivism, when you speak the power of what could be all the time out loud, this is what you pass on to your children. 100%. Intergenerational bliss. That's what we call it at the Fertility Pregnancy Institute. Like, let's flip intergenerational trauma and pass down intergenerational bliss. I And you, you so deliberately do that every day in your life, Jen, you and Chris together as a couple in your life and in your company. What is the mindset that was required to grow your company? So how old is Super Connector at this point? It's a little over two years. I mean, That's not, incredible. Yeah, not even. I know. it's And it's so fun. I love that question because it's so perfect with this conversation because we're in these big time masterminds where we sit around, we talk to huge entrepreneurs and everybody talks about what the, what moved the needle for them or what the biggest win was for the month of like, you know, was it marketing or was it something fancy or whatever? And we always find ourselves saying the thing that brought us to where we are is mindset and manifestation. Chris and I, from the very beginning, built our company based on manifesting it. We would go for long walks and we would just visualize what we wanted to create and who we wanted to bring in and what we wanted to do and what the big vision looked like. And we would talk about it as if it already happened. We would be like, I'm so excited that we did this and this and this. And it went so great. It was perfect. And we made this much money and we brought on this person and we changed this person's life. And our clients are doing this and this and this. And we would do that before every event. So before every unfair advantage live, our, our ritual was to go on a walk and talk through each day one minute at a time before it happened, as if it already happened. I love it. You know, when you do that, you basically, you know, our subconscious doesn't know the difference between a real memory and a fake one. Right. So we're planting that memory in our brain that it already happened beautifully and amazingly. So a lot of the fears that would keep you from going above and beyond in an event or in your business, those fears 
they go away when you plant the memory that it already happened and it was easy and fun and great. So that's how I feel manifestation really works is it makes the action steps, Dr. Rowe, that you were talking about, the little steps that make the wins. It makes them easier because you're not as afraid because you already created the memory. It already happened. It already exists. So it's like, oh, no big deal. I can do that. No big deal. I love that so much. That's really, really powerful. I mean, that's a game changer for people because not everybody has access to these huge marketing budgets, but everybody has access to mindset and manifestation. But I want you to speak to a question that I think someone will have when listening to this, which is, do we all have equal access to the to mindset and manifestation? A hundred percent. Because we all have a brain and a heart and a body. And I really feel like that is all you need. That is all you need. And we all have an imagination and we all have dreams. But I think what people need to do first before they can start manifesting, I mean, we're manifesting all the time. Whether we're manifesting things that we want or things that we don't want, we're always calling everything into our mind. We need to be very careful on the words that we choose to say and the thoughts that we decide to think because like attracts like. And and in science, um, we're, you know, we're energy, we're vibrating at a frequency and we're going to be attracting, the law of attraction will say anything that we put out, we're going to bring back in. So you want to get really, really clear on what it is that you want and what it is that you don't want. But let's get clear on what you want first. And that's hard for some people. Some people are like, I don't know what the hell I want. And that's okay. But if you can start doing that work and start really listening, because sometimes the vision for a lot of people, and this was me for a long time, a long time, the vision that I had created for myself, it didn't feel right because it wasn't my vision. It was what somebody else wanted for me. It was was not mine. So I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel the gratitude for it. I couldn't really visualize it because it was like, not mine. So when you're creating that vision, allow yourself to really go there. Like I feel like the real vision, the real, the real true want feels scary when it comes into your mind. It feels scary. Like you don't want to write it down. You don't want to even think about it. Like, nope, that's not it. It's something else. But that scary thing, that's usually it. And then go there and get really clear on what it is that you want. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What do you feel like as a person living that life? Do you feel different? Do you stand taller? Do you, you know, have more moments of laughter and excitement? Like it's really about the feeling, training your body to feel that way. And then once you have that clear vision, then you can really start taking the action steps and manifesting what it is that you want. But you got to get clear first. That's the first step. And you, you brought up so many things that I'm like, oh, oh, I want to, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Praise the exactly better. I think there's a couple things that all three of us are very powerful manifestors and we're all attracted to each other because we're all like super lovey and powerful and um, really kind-hearted human beings, Um, which is awesome because we're all vibrationally, you know, at the same level. So, but I think what people don't realize is how intentful you have to be in figuring out what is it that you want it's not like i always joke that you can't say oh i want to win the lotto that's just silly you know what i mean okay you can't win it if you don't play so go and play but what is it oh i want to be a teacher i want to have a little business doing this i want to work 20 hours i don't know whatever whatever it is i want to stay in the choir i mean there's just a variety of things it doesn't have to have money attached to it you can be very personal 
Mm -hmm. But you have to invest that time being purposely intentful about visualizing, I think is important. And then the other thing that you said is so many women are led from an early age to have an idea put upon them and what they should do. And as women, as mothers, as we're raising daughters and even sons to be husbands, right, to daughters, we need to really empower people to find their own way and also to connect with their intuition and connect with that inner voice. Yes, we want our kids to be financially responsible and not have to worry or whatever, but it's, you, ultimately a parent wants their child to be happy. That's right. That starts from within. And when that happens, things fall into place. You talk a little bit about your practices of what you do. And they're so wide of the things people can do to kind of hone that and tune in. What are some things that you recommend for women? Great question. Simple action steps. Easy. Things that are easy to do that are really like, oh, I can go do this tonight. So I'm all about that. Like, let's just like one action step leads to a win, which leads to motivation, which leads to momentum. So then then you can start rocking and rolling and really diving in deep. But one thing that I love for everybody to do when they first start figuring out what it is they want, like in order to figure that out, is do a perfect day exercise. And what that is, is, you know, when you're alone and you're clear and you're not around your kids or your husband or any other, you know, people that are just like putting their two cents into your brain, you are in your zone, like just you sit down and envision what a perfect day would look like a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. If a magical fairy came and tapped you on the head and said, you could have absolutely anything that you want. What does that day look like for you? It's like a Wednesday, like a regular day, not like a vacation day, a regular Wednesday. Where are you waking up? Who are you waking up next to? What are you eating for breakfast? What are you doing uh, for your exercise? Are you exercising? What are you doing for your job? Where are you going to work? Like what's happening in your life? Minute by minute by minute. And really allow yourself to play. Mm -hmm. Don't put any boundaries on it. Whatever comes up first, do stream of consciousness. Just go. I wake up, I do this, I do that. Whatever comes out first. And it doesn't matter. Don't judge it. If it's like totally out of this world, who cares? Put it on the paper because those are clues as to what you want. And then when you get a real handle on like, okay, that's my perfect day. When you start to make decisions in your life, like I always go back to that perfect day. So sometimes I don't know, oh my God, should I do this or not? Like, should I, should I go down this path in business or should I not? Or should I take this opportunity? I always go back to, does this align with my perfect day? Would I be doing this on my perfect day? Or would this lead me to my perfect day? Nope. Okay. Not doing that. I can happily say no. Or yes. Amazing. I'm all in. So that perfect day exercise helps with making decisions. And it also helps get you clear on what you want and what you don't want. Because you may think, I want to win the lottery. Okay. Like that might be the first thing. But then when you do your, your meditation and you're in your perfect day and there's no lottery situation, like you made your money by doing something fantastic or writing a book or um, speaking on stages or becoming a doctor or whatever you decide to do. Like, Oh wait, I don't need to win the lottery. I'm going to do this. So that's my number one tip to start. I love that so much. What do you say to people who fall into that restriction of not being able to dream really big in their perfect day. And I think 
that this is something that we're taught from a very young age, be realistic. But those of us who really excel and stand out in what we do, often were not led by being realistic. We really thought outside of the box. How do you help people to get out of the box? Well, the, the term be realistic is a fearful term. That's a term that I feel like a lot of our parents not knowing said to us to keep us safe us in a box because they were scared. They wanted the best for us. They didn't mean to say it in a bad way. You know, like my family, I have amazing parents. They always wanted the very best for me. But they would say like, you know, you need to have a backup plan if you want to be an actress and be realistic and don't, you know, they just want you to be safe. It's a fearful term. So if you, if you understand that, that being realistic really comes from fear and we actually can create absolutely anything that we want. We really can. And some people may say like, that's bullshit, Jen. I've got five kids. I'm a single mom and I can't create everything that I want. Like, you know, whatever. It's been done. And we know that we are more powerful than we can even imagine. Or maybe we don't know that. But here are some examples that show us how powerful we are. Think back. I mean, I like to think about everything that I've done in my life that has brought me to here. And every single time in my life, where I thought my life was over. And I think we've all had moments like this where we're like, like bathroom floor moments. Like this is the worst thing ever. Or even giving birth. This is a good example when it's the most painful thing you've ever experienced in your life. And you feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to get through this. This is so forgivable. I've never done it, but I've heard this before. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a really great description. Yeah, I think that's a very authentic description. It's so freaking painful. Even like the whole fertility process, I'm sure for so many women is very emotionally painful, physically painful. You feel like you're never going to get through it. But then you always get to the other side and you have this beautiful baby and you look back and you're like, oh my God, I did that. Thank God I had all that pain. Thank God. So whenever we look back and think about the things that we've done before, which we don't do enough, we need to do that. That reminds us what we're capable of. We don't need to be realistic because nothing realistic is not a real word. It's just fear. So dream big. Anything is possible. Absolutely anything. We know like if you really wanted to eat a sandwich right now, if you're like, Jen, I'm so freaking hungry. I'm going to die. I need to go. You would go do anything that you could to go get that sandwich. <laughs> not wanting bad enough. <laughs> you know that. If, if there's a dress on sale, I'm telling you, and that sale ends at midnight, I am going to do whatever I can. If I really want that dress, I will, this is the dumbest analogy, but I will jump through freaking hoops to make sure I get that dress on sale. That is so funny. Why, if we say we want a business more than anything, or we say we want to write a best-selling book more than anything in the world, or we say we want to go to the Olympics or whatever we want to do, the only reason that we don't do it is because we don't want it bad enough. That's some hard truth serum for some in some situations. And I think it's a very powerful, very powerful understanding for us that when we continue and we don't give up, our success is almost inevitable. That's right. That is, that's, I mean, like, guys, I haven't achieved everything that I want. Not even close. So it means, like, I don't want it bad enough. And, like, that's okay. I said, not yet anyway. Maybe you don't want it bad enough yet. Maybe that's coming. Right. And like the easiest thing to do though, I think it can feel really overwhelming if you think about the big vision too much. You know, if you're like, oh my God, I could never do that right now. So go back to taking the tiny action steps. So it's about thinking about the perfect day, 
thinking about the big vision, dreaming about it, visualizing it, and then throwing it out the window and focusing on one little teeny tiny thing that you can do today that could probably get you there. I love that so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking the truth serum, thinking about my own book that is a little bit delayed coming out and working really hard to get out in 2021. So thank you. Thank you for that. It's Love. already happened, Cleopatra. It's already done for all 560 pages of it. <laughs> the fertility Bible is on its way. <laughs> oh my God. That is a hell yes, that book. Yeah, it is a hell yes. It's a good yeah. game changer completely. Right. One paragraph a day, and you'll finish it way faster than thinking about all the pages that you need to write one day. It's oh no, she has written five hundred and sixty. <laughs> it was five ninety. We've gotten it down to five sixty. So. The world needs that book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just the reminder that I haven't clearly I haven't wanted it bad enough. If it's not, yeah. bad enough, but I do now. But, you know, uh, Mary Morrissey always says, you know, hold the vision, not the circumstance. So always hold your vision and things will change along the way. But if you always say, this is my vision, these may be different paths. You know, it it just you allow yourself the time to get there, but you you don't give up on it. You don't say, oh, well, this didn't work out, so I'm not going to do it. You're like, well, how else can I get there? What are those little steps that I need to be, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. Hold the vision. Let go of the circumstance. Yeah, not, not the circumstance, circumstance. right? Yeah. So, you know, little things have, you know, and especially, especially, you know, you know, like you said, oh, being a single mom, like people don't expect to get divorced, <laughs> right? And some people don't expect to get, you know, pregnant or laid off or whatever it is. So, so how do you pivot? How do you change gears? and hold on to whatever vision that you have for yourself. And when you have a positive mindset, to me, it's like a stress inoculator. It's not to say that you don't ever experience stress, but it's never in the same way. You're like, okay, I still got my vision. This may have happened. So what else should I need to do? Like, I just don't look at things in the same way. I never have. You look at it all, all the things that happen as, as gifts. And it's not always easy to look at them as gifts, but they are. They are. And whenever we look backwards at the biggest successes we've had in our lives, all of the messiest parts are always the ones we're most grateful for. I'm, oh, I'm like, I'm so grateful that I had that breakup, that I had that moment, that I yeah. had that mess-up, that I failed because I needed to in order to get to where I am. So yeah. we can remember in the moment that if, you know, it, oh, it's not working out as planned. It's supposed to not work out as planned. And each difficult time is a gift because it teaches us that we can get through difficult times. So that makes us stronger. It makes us more confident. It makes us, I mean, it's the biggest form of growth ever when we deal with things like confidence comes from being willing to get through discomfort. That's where it comes from, you know, because on the other end, it's like, oh, I can do anything. I can get through that. Absolutely. Bring on the failure. I mean, it sucks. It sucks, right? It sucks, <laughs> but it's amazing. But time never stops. Nothing is ever permanent. And if you can remember that when you're in it, nothing yeah. is ever, and I will be better on the other end, and this is a gift, or what Oprah says, nothing is ever wasted. Nothing is ever wasted. Cleopatra and I met Oprah, and we got to spend time with her. But anyway, I mean, what a testament to, you know, like, she's had the worst things in her life ever happen to her. And, you know, she's just an amazing gift to humanity. It is true. When you're in the thick 
of it and it's bad, it's bad. And you should experience all those feelings. But then you have to say, what is my lesson? I'm always like, what is Jesus teaching me? What is the higher power teaching me? And because that's what works for me. And I listen for the message and I'm like, that's not going to happen again. Or I need to do this, whatever it is. There's always a message as hard as the road is. And I think that's so important that you bring that up, Jen, because it doesn't always feel like that sucks. No, when you're in it, you're like, this is, I remember one of like my rock bottom moment. I woke up every single day for like a month and wrote in my journal. One day I will know why this happened. Like I had to write it over and over again. One day I will know why this happened, but it did not feel like one day I would know. It felt like this fucking sucks. And excuse me if I can't curse on this, but it really felt horrible every day. But now I tell that story on stages. I tell it on stages. And now I'm like, I know now. And it feels so much better than it hurt. Mm-hmm. It feels so much better than it hurt. Ooh, I like that. That's, that's really beautiful. So if we can remember that in the moment, if we can just try to, and I love when I'm having a hard time, I actually go through my past journals. I'll take out old notebooks and I'll read where I was, you know, at certain times in my life and how I got through them and where I am now. And it always knocks me back into perspective. Always reminds me of the dots connecting. Always reminds me that everything is a gift. So like, that's a really great tool to use. If you journal, pull out the old ones when you're going through a hard time. And look and see how much you've grown since years before. It's really cool. I love that. I do the same thing. When did you start a gratitude practice? Like, did it evolve? Like, when did that begin for you? Really good question. And I really wish I knew the answer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, it really, I started diving into personal development when right after that, that rock bottom moment that I had when um, I, I was in this, relationship with this hedge fund trader guy. And, you know, I thought I was going to marry him, but I was living completely out of line. And I was like, I was not who I am today. And I knew it deep in my soul, but I wouldn't leave him because I was too scared. I had this perfect life. It's perfect life. And then ended up like in 2.5 seconds, found out he was cheating on me like the whole time. He gave me five days to move out of our million dollar beautiful apartment. And I went from that life to living in a teeny tiny room in like an apartment with six other actors with a window that faced a wall. And my show had gotten canceled and the exact, I was on this TV show, got canceled in like the same week. And I was like, oh my God, I have to start my life over from scratch. I started just like discovering personal development, like doing everything that I possibly could to learn how to be happy at that time. That's when I was writing down. One day I'll know why it's happening. I didn't know what else to do. I was in survival mode. And I learned about this thing called gratitude. And I was like, all right, I'll try. And I started writing a gratitude list. And that was the very first thing that I started doing. And it started to change my life. Just that one little tiny thing. Because mm-hmm. it's impossible. I'm anxious, scared, and fearful, and grateful at the same time. It's impossible. So it made me really snap into you know, looking at things that were good instead of things that were bad. And then that morphed into you know, the future gratitude list. Which yeah. I really, truly feel manifested my entire life that I have now. Because I look back, talk about looking at old journals. So future gratitude list for those of you listening and you're like, what the hell is she talking about? Is writing about things that have not yet happened that you want to happen as if they've already happened. And this morning I said, I'm so grateful that my podcast with Dr. Rose Cleopatra was amazing. We had so much fun. You know, yeah. And so much fun. Here's before every morning I would wake up and I would say, I'm so grateful I met the love of my life today. And I wrote it every single day. 
because I was looking for the love of my life. And then like the day I met Chris, I wrote, I have the journal entry the day I met Chris. And it says, I'm so great. It's so funny because I didn't know Chris was the love of my life. So it said, I'm so grateful I met the love of my life today. I'm so grateful I met Chris Winfield today. Like I just thought Chris Winfield was... (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. I love that. And I love how you said, what is this gratitude thing? Okay, I'll try. Just being willing to try, not necessarily knowing if it's going to work, but we being willing to reserve judgment for a moment just to see if it can help you. And I love that so much. We actually do this in the Primester Protocol for our babies. And it's just really powerful. I love it. So beautiful. Well, you have one of my all-time favorite that you're going to be, yes. I don't know if you know that it's one of my all-time favorite quotes, but you said it and I like have written it on social media and I'm like, this is one of my favorite quotes. There's no room for fear when you have gratitude in your heart. That is a quote that came from you. Right. There's no room for fear when you have gratitude in your heart. Yes. That came from you. You said that to me one time and I was like, that is like profound. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it, how true is that, right? If you're just grateful and you have a lot of love, it's really hard to operate from fear. And I, I just think that's just, we can do that. We can control that. And we all can think for a moment of people we know that sort of live that life, right? Yeah. Whether it's somebody from church or hopefully in your family. And we can embody that and we can start, right? And maybe it is a grad, just, Three, you know, every morning, three things you're grateful for at the end of the night or whatever it is. And that's where it can start. And those little, that daily piece, as you said, that's what starts to change everything in your thinking, your your cells. And you get to see what happens in your life Mm -hmm. when you have a lot of gratefulness and positive thinking and you talk out loud like that to yourself and to others it just energetically things shift around you and you're such a perfect example of that Jen such a perfect example of that thank you guys thank you so much just to say like like I love what you said Cleopatra like you you don't have to fully like believe it or do it all out right away like there's people watching that are like I can't even imagine thinking positively right now like there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world but we're human beings and we don't ever believe in anything 100%. We may feel like we do, but there's always going to be that little little 1% that we don't. And that's okay. So what I say to people and constantly say to myself is you only have to believe a little bit more than you don't to take action. You don't have to believe 100%. Mm, so Just good. a little bit more. Just a little. Like I didn't believe 100% in the law of attraction and manifestation when I was first learning it. I was like, this is BS. But I was a little curious and I believed it a little, a little enough to take one step, like writing a gratitude list or visualizing one thing, right? And then seeing it work. And then it's like, okay, maybe I believe it a little more now. <laughs> I love this. Believe it full out. Just try. Just one little thing. 51%. So good. 51%. So true. I think so helpful for people who, because we do always feel like, you know, it has to be perfect or it has to be exactly, you know, a hundred percent. It doesn't have to be. And it will start moving 52, 53%, you know, and then it just, that mindset is so many people struggle with mindset and 
What's been surprising to me is uh, we all know a lot of powerful people, famous people, and sometimes they more than anybody struggle with their mindset. It's the one thing you really are in control over. And so that's where it has to start. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Jen, and for teaching us this amazing nuggets about mindset. It's been so fun to have you here with us and we'd love to have you back anytime. This was so fun, you guys. It was exactly what I manifested this morning. (laughs) I'm so glad. This was so great. Mamas, thank you so much for being here with us today. As always, we will see you back on the Parents Coffee Talk very soon. Bye-bye. Hi there, precious mama. This is Dr. Cleopatra, the fertility strategist and the executive director of the Fertility and Pregnancy Institute. I cannot wait for you to come over and visit us at fertilitypregnancy.org. And I want you to make sure that you stop in and you download the free ultimate fertility checklist. You will learn so much about your fertility that no one has ever told you before, including about the primester and epigenetics during the primester. Don't waste another moment without coming to see us at fertilitypregnancy.org. Every single day matters when it comes to preserving, extending, and igniting our fertility and ensuring that we get to have as many super babies as our heart desires when it's the right time in our lives. I'll see you there. Sending you so much love and warmest wishes and I'm sprinkling all the baby dust in your direction for whenever you want it.